0: Hey, Outlander Cast Clan. This episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinutewithMary.com. Now let's be real. We're ma- we're wearing masks. Like, right? We're wearing masks and you guys well, know not right now. Not right now, but you know, out in life. <laughs> yes. And if you want to still feel a little glam on your once-a-week trip to the groceries, I got you covered, okay? My best mascara, my 4D Minute with Mary mascara, I'm having on sale for you as our listeners. You can go to MinutewithMary.com slash discount. And if you are not a member of my VIP community on Facebook, just search the hashtag "Minute with Mary." I'd love you to come in. I share all sorts of tips and tricks and deals in there, but if you want to have some killer lashes right now, head on over to MinuteWithMary.com slash discount. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on stars.
1: Sing me a song of a last that is long. Say good night, last sea. Mary of soul, she sailed on a day. All the sea.
0: One of my favorite things about that intro is the. The strength as they're finishing that last that last chord. It doesn't mm. really. There's no diminuendo. It's it's strong throughout it, and I just love that holding a note for all of those of you who love to sing. You know, sometimes it can be a little hard. It's you a just, lot of breath
2: power. You just drop some hard music terminology on I'm us. That's what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> and while I'm talking about music, several of you have written in saying that you would like to join the Outlander Cast chorus to sing in the Skyboat song. That is something that I'm going to be taking care of this weekend. So if you are still interested and you haven't emailed us at OutlanderCast at gmail.com and you like to sing, Please do.
2: So, we're going to be doing that uh, hopefully very soon. Now yeah. now that we've taken a step back for a couple had of a weeks, had a breather, and we're ready to jump back in just at least a tad little bit.
0: And for people who don't know us, hi, my name's Mary. My
2: name's Blake.
0: <laughs> just jumped into that. I know. And I feel the music I, felt me. I
2: know. I feel a little weird uh, because we haven't podcasted in a, in a few weeks. It's like we went from like 100 to zero uh, about Outlander. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Man, you know what a ride! What a it ride! Really it's, was. it's been it's been a good ride to sit back and, and and ruminate on it, think about it, and and geez, man! Oh, and
0: geek out to the season five soundtrack! Oh yeah!
2: Oh oh yeah! I'm all about you know. Here's a here's a shameful admission. Are you ready? Yes. I finally sat down and listened to the season four soundtrack. I haven't I hadn't done it yet. Shame. And I think it might be my favorite. <laughs> it like you know I it's so I feel good. like I've said that with each successive. Yeah soundtrack, because, mm-hmm. you know, I said that, you know, a couple of years ago. season But season four was really good. It's like, I like the folkiness of it. I like the, I know. you know, I just like, it's it just feels like home. there
0: McCurry, man. He just keeps bringing it and bringing it. So, speaking of bringing it, throughout all of Dratlander, Blake and I are still going to be podcasting about... Outlander, but also several other different things. And if you find yourself longing for a new show to watch, head on over to maryandblake.com. There you can see the other podcasts that we've done about other television shows. And as I said, we're going to be bringing you some new content in the very near future about some things that Blake and I truly love that will help you pass the time while you may be in lockdown or just chilling out with a mask and awesome lashes. So you can find out more at maryandblake.com. Com.
2: All right. So let's not waste any more time. Let's yes. get to our amazing guest. Yes. Let's let's hit the music button. Let's unleash the hounds or release the hounds. That's that's the <laughs> real phrasing. Release the hounds. <laughs> yes. Let's get it done, shall we? We got it, man. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: Joining us this evening is Alison Keane. She is the TV editor for Paste Magazine from Lost, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones to Stranger Things, and even Outlander. She has pretty much covered every single show that is of note on television. Allison, thank you so much for joining us on OutlanderCast this evening.
3: Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me back. Playing that theme song just gave me chills, by the way. Right. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> It's the only way to go. It's right, the only
0: I'm way. I'm telling to go. you, Bear McCreary, he's 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 going places, man. His scores are awesome. <laughs> so, you know, as we just said, Allison, you get to watch television and write about it for your full time job, which is so incredibly cool.
3: And there's a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> I think there's this year or in 2019. It was over 500 scripted television shows. I don't watch all of them, but it's still a lot even yes. for the the rest. So, but yeah, Outlander is remains a favorite and we'll get into it, but this season kept it up.
0: Right? Right. So, I mean, well speaking of this season, um, as you may remember, Blake and I rate episodes based upon a kilt scale, 1 to 5 kilts, 1 being the absolute worst, be 5 being the best. So, how many kilts would you grade Outlander season 5? Season five is going to get
3: four kilts for me because it was very consistent. It honestly made me like that colonial storyline a lot more than I was expecting to. Mm -hmm. But I can't give five kilts to any season that is not technically in Scotland. I know they film in Scotland, but it's not about Scotland. So, yeah, it'll it'll get a strong four.
0: I Um, got it. I appreciate that. I, I always say all the time that Scotland is a character in and of itself in the show. And when Scotland is gone, there's a little piece of your heart that that's missing it
3: absolutely uh we
2: also as you know do gbgs the good and the bad and the great so in since it's not a five plus it's not a ggb good great uh, best so uh which is fine which is fine obviously um what do you think what's your good your your bad and your great for season five of outlander
3: for good um honestly i really liked what they did with Brianna and Roger this season. Mm-hmm. They felt a lot more integrated. They felt more organic to the storyline. And it the ridge really just felt like a big family, which I very much appreciated. Um, in the past, I feel like anytime we've left Jamie and Claire, I'm just not as interested. <laughs> that, but it's like, and that's still true to a certain degree, but I think they really stepped that up this season. Um the bad Uh, they made us wait two weeks after that Roger episode with the cliffhanger. Yes. Like they had to do it on the week that they were taking a break. Really? (laughs) So mean. And it wasn't even Um, like a
0: holiday. Like Easter was the following weekend. So it almost sort of made sense if they had taken off that week, but no, they did it just to hurt us. And so that's,
3: (laughs) that's going in the bad category. (laughs) Um, for the great, uh, I honestly, and I'll probably talk about it quite a bit tonight but um free will the horror episode Mm -hmm. it was something so different and so creepy i loved it but i you know i think just in general all the big swings that they took this season so the silent film with roger um the finale when we saw claire's kind of alternate reality vision and got to see everyone in 1960s clothes which was so fun um but all that like you know when when they first do it i was kind of like i don't know and then i was just really appreciated them just kind of doing some different stuff and playing around with genre a little more. And uh, yeah, I I really thought that helped elevate the season.
0: Agreed, agreed. So here's a question for you. You know, season five, we've seen a lot of different reactions to it. Um, and have you seen the national perspective of the show Outlander, Outlander shift in any way this past season? It's interesting,
3: because I think that, fewer people are talking about it that I've seen is sort of the Twitter chatter. Um, I, some of my friends who've read the books had said, um, that, you know, this, these are not their favorite books, this sort of part of the book series. And so they weren't so sure about the show, but I actually think sometimes, uh, when a, when a series is based off of books that maybe aren't the greatest, the series can actually shine a little Mm -hmm. more. And I think that this season surprised a lot of people who weren't 100% on the books that it's based on. So, I mean, I think that viewership has been down this season, but that's natural for a show that's been on this long. And I think a lot more people are finding it on Netflix, frankly. So even though the week-to-week conversation hasn't been as strong, I have more and more friends that are like, Oh, I'm watching the show outlander on Netflix. I'm like, like, I haven't been telling you about the show for years. (laughs) Like you just discovered it on your own. Um, but I'm happy because that's just growing the fan base even more. And, um, Yeah. So it it has been different. It was quiet this year. It really was, which was really a shame because I thought it was a a really excellent season.
0: Agreed. You know, I've I've learned of a lot of people who've also begun watching Outlander while they've been home with their states being in lockdown or whatever. And they thought, well, I finally have the time. And man, can I just say I'm jealous that they get to binge watch outlander can you imagine oh, i mean of course there's the excitement like you said even just with people on twitter being able to wonder what's going to happen next but for these people who are new to outlander this year in particular with netflix yeah. or just having the time uh man
2: it actually kind of reminds me of lost a little bit because we just came up on the 10th anniversary of the finale uh was it yesterday or two days ago and there people are now just discovering it because mm-hmm. of like the kind of twitter chatter that allison mentioned uh earlier and i, I I'm jealous of them. I, I'm so jealous of them just being able to just sit down and be like, what's this lost thing? Right. You know, like, Oh my God, I just want to be in their body for two minutes. You know, that's, no, that's experience just, it
3: afresh. Mm-hmm. I hear you.
2: Right. Um, so yeah, you actually mentioned it earlier, Scotland, and I quite agree with you. I really miss being in Scotland. I like, I miss it so much. It felt such a, It felt so special. It felt natural to the show. It's what helped make it stand out from the rest, I think, of television for for a lot of reasons. But, I mean, I, I do have this question where I feel like Outlander has kind of settled into Fraser's Ridge. It's kind of settled into North Carolina being a new base for itself. And it almost feels, at least to me, as natural as Scotland. Do you think... That they have found a home that is just as good
3: or just as endearing uh, as Scotland as it is in Fraser's Ridge. I think they've come as close as they possibly can. Honestly, this season, and I mean, it's they're still filming in Scotland, so but honestly, it looks like North Carolina. I mean, it's just they really do a great job of, of suspending that disbelief. But what I thought was funny is that this season, in particular, sort of reminded me that um, the characters of the show is focusing on. Most of them are still Scottish. you know. So many (laughs) of the colonists are Scottish or English. And so a lot of those customs obviously come with them. And so even though it is a show now that's more about the American frontier, there's so much that's still carried over. Um, So it's never going to be quite the same, but I definitely felt this year that the Ridge did feel like home, especially because now we have the several houses on it. You've got various family members living in uh, different parts of it and yeah it's um carrie lum who is our recapper at paste referred to the season as a warm hug of familiarity Mm -hmm. and that's exactly it that's exactly it like it just it was especially those opening episodes of the wedding it was just like okay we're back even though it wasn't scotland it it still felt very homey and very cozy Mm
0: -hmm. cozy like that kilt when jamie finally put it back on (laughs) <laughs>
3: like oh. i said scottish traditions we need to see more of them on the show but. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: they move the needle scottish <laughs> traditions move the needle that they do you know, i also think what helps too and, and we we talked about it earlier is like is bear mccreary's music i feel like that really helps the dna of what they're trying to accomplish on fraser's ridge i mean it gets that kind of folky feel but it still has that again dna of scotland in it and it it feels like a good amalgam of what he's
3: trying to create. Would you agree with that, Allison? Absolutely. And you know, the theme song for this season, I think is, I don't know if it's going to be my absolute favorite, but it's one of my favorites in the way that he, cause he always melds together those, you know, themes musically and narratively. And you know, but, but some I think are still a little better than others. This one was just so, like Mary, I think you mentioned earlier, like there's like this rousing, like strength to it. And it just really, I, I love it so much. Yeah, he's incredible.
0: I love it. Uh, another person who's really blossomed into his own is Matt Roberts. Um, and he, of course, seems to have taken full reins as a showrunner. So, what differences do you see? Are you feeling from previous seasons, especially because this is now, you know, Matt's, Matt's been settled in this role for a little bit?
3: I think the word for this season for me is consistency. You know, in the past we've had great episodes and then kind of like, I don't know what they're doing episodes and then controversial episodes and then another great one. And this season was on a real, a true even keel for me, you know, where it's like every episode was solid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, you know, I guess, that's Matt Roberts we have to give some some credit to because he really, you know, uh, I think put together two books. Is that right for this? I'm not a book reader, I must admit. For all those listening, I'm show only, so, you know. <laughs> so it wasn't um, two
0: complete but, books, but they definitely pulled a lot of book six into this season. Okay, so in,
3: I think sometimes that that's something with an adaptation where they really, like, pare it down like okay we're gonna just take the essentials from the books we're just gonna like really focus in on these certain things that we want to focus on thematically and this season it really really worked I mean every every single episode I was left with like I don't know what's gonna happen next week but I have to find out like I can't wait um and that's one thing where you know I do watch a lot of television but Outlander is a show that I'm always excited for every week mm-hmm. you know like I just I can't wait to see where things are going
1: mm-hmm.
3: um
2: so to piggyback on that, I, I, you know, it. Ron Moore is still involved with the show, I imagine. I mean, he's still his doing some... His name's
0: still on the credit. And it,
2: it actually changed to Developed By, you oh, know, which yeah, if yeah. you notice that detail. Right, yeah. Um, can you shed any light on his involvement in the show or the dynamic between he and Matt or the, the dynamic that like seemed to exist in season four with Matt and Tony? And it just, I feel like it's been more streamlined... Do you have any information about what the the top brass is doing? And is Matt really the showrunner? Is is it his gig now and Ron's just there looking at it?
3: I wish I had insider information for you guys. I don't know too much beyond that. Um, But, you know, I think it was a really good point you brought up about Matt and Tony though in season four, remember when they did those little recaps or not recaps, yeah. but sort of inside the episode yeah. and they were so awkward Yes, and just like you could feel <laughs> <the> tension <laughs> yes. in some of them where you were like, oh, okay. I think that one thing that may have helped this season, regardless of who is ultimately in charge is that it is maybe just one cook right, or one mm-hmm. chef here. That's like, it's their vision is what they want. And I think sometimes, in the past, there may have been too many voices yes. that are kind of we're kind of muddling the story.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and And that's not to say that any other one person's vision would have been any better this season. but um, yeah, I, I think that the consistency again, is coming from one person's vision, which
2: And speaking of that vision, I mean, we have this great inclusion, which is different from the books. And I know you didn't read, but there's this great inclusion of Murta. He's still alive, and he's still kicking in this season. And I'd love to get your opinion on this because there's been half
0: of it. uh, Yeah, for half of it, (laughs) uh,
2: there's been this like great divide among the Outlander fandom. In my opinion, at least from what I've seen in our channels and our social groups. Like half the people love the fact that Murtaugh was alive. Half the people hate the fact that he was alive. He took away from Bree and Roger, yada, yada. What do you think about his inclusion as, you know, the head of the regulators? And and how did that help, do you think, Outlander, the show and the regulator's storyline?
3: I'm all in on Murtaugh living. I wish he could have continued. but what we got of that extended storyline, I think was so important on several levels. One, we got a senior love story Mm -hmm. with Murtaugh and Jocasta, which was awesome. Yes. Um, And a true romance. I mean, it was really, it was a beautiful romance and I think the show handled it really well. Um, Murtaugh and the regulators. I think the, the best thing to come from him continuing to be a part of the show, especially this season, were the conversations that were sparked between him and Jamie. Those were some of the, best moments of the whole season um they really got to talk about things and work things out and and it helped jamie grow and to me that was that should be enough justification for it to have happened um but i also think that his leading the regulators was an opportunity to introduce us to that storyline and some of the revolutionary storylines that may not have been as interesting otherwise so i think it added an important emotional element an important connection there that uh we need it. So yeah, absolutely. Team Murtaugh all the
2: way. (laughs) Love it. So I think
3: the show kind of suffers from
2: this thing where it brings in a lot of different characters every season. And Murtaugh was one of the characters that was like, it was part of the old God, man. He didn't, he was there. Um, And I think it helped give, you're right, an emotional resonance, uh, I think, to the regulators. Do you find that Outlander brings in a lot of different characters every season and like does it help the show does it hurt the show like even even like I feel like it uses new characters to make thematic points and I'm not sure if that's
3: the best use of these characters would you agree or disagree well I think that you know as we've said and, and I will continue to say I mean anything that's not Jamie and Claire is always going to feel like a little bit of a <laughs> diversion <laughs> from the main story um, but I think Again, this season really, well, it was we can get into some of that later. Um, I don't think that they served every character that they had very well, because I mean, they have limited time. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to some of the more episodic storytelling, again, something like free will, where we're we're just introduced to this these new characters, we don't really see them again, but it was enough to just sort of spice things up a little bit. Um, I think it becomes more difficult when they start adding these characters to the main cast, and then they need to have major storylines to sort of justify them being there. Um, That's sort of where they can sort of lose the the plot a little bit. But um, I, I think, you know, a show that's been on for five seasons now, they have to, you know, we have to sometimes bring in some new blood and get some new stories and going. People die. A lot of people die. <laughs> right? A lot of people die.
0: One person who we thought died but didn't was Roger. And of course, um, you know, they spent right. a lot of time on him this season. Do you think that they were finally able to make Roger a likable character in the show?
3: poor Roger. I, first of all, I really like Richard Rankin. I think he's just a really great actor. I think he's just sweet and cute and everything, but God, Roger, like I just, he's so useless, especially this season. <laughs> and and like, I know thing. he's not built for frontier life, but like he can't make a move without tripping over himself. Oh, and well, I'm so just hard. like, God, I mean, he's gotten better about the Jimmy stuff. Like that was very, that was not great at the beginning. Um, He came around on that. I think, you know, by the end of the season, he had really grown a lot. He's been through a lot, you know, but oh man, I'll tell you what. I think Brianna had an amazing season and I think Roger needs to catch up.
2: (laughs) 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 Do you think they they purposely did triage on Roger? I think that's one of the things that I maintained a lot of the season was I feel like they know they kind of screwed him up in season four. And did they try to fix it in season five? What was your take on that? I think they
3: tried, but I don't know if it was successful. <laughs> completely. Um, but I mean, by the end of the season, I mean, in that those last two episodes and I think especially journey cake, he really felt like he had his big boy pants on, you know, and he was like taking charge of his family. He was, um, you know, there, there's no more question about Jimmy and the parentage. Like, he's all in. Um, and he wants what's best for his family regardless. And, you know, this whole time he's just been wanting to go back to the 60s so much. And then when they're unable to, he accepts it and is like, this is home. And that, to me, was just such a big moment for him. So hopefully yeah. we build off of that.
2: You know, you actually brought up a great episode, Journey Cake. And one of the questions I asked Mary in the podcast was, once we discovered that they had not gone back to the sixties or whatever, does that invalidate all the emotional conversations and everything that we went through in Journey Cake, where where he and Bree are saying bye to everybody? Does their sticking around invalidate that what I consider to be a great penultimate episode?
3: Yeah, I so I didn't know what was gonna happen. I didn't know that they were going to I thought I literally I thought it could go in any direction. I was like, they could be back in dinosaur times. Like it could be anything. Um, so that was such a great episode. Like you said, because you've got the goodbyes, you've got the great speeches and it's like, Oh, we're back. But that's fine. Honestly, because it, it, it was something that almost needed to be said by everyone. And I felt like, even though it's like, Oh, they're back and whatever. I mean, especially what they come back into with what's happened with Claire you aren't going to have the time to really say like, Oh, we're so you know happy you're here. And so glad we're all back together. Like, you know how everyone feels because they set that up, you know, in the previous episode. The only thing that made me laugh though, was like <laughs> the whole exchange with young Ian. It's like, Oh, you look, look after our land. And then like, Fifteen minutes later, they're back. Like, Never mind.
0: Going to take that paper <laughs> right out of your hands. Yeah. Yoink! <laughs> <laughs> you could see in the doghouse. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like that's a good question. Do they just like they're like okay, we gave it to you. It's yours now. Like or do they just take it back?
0: They did not cover that in the show.
2: <laughs> no, they didn't. It, it's a great. No, it's no, a great that's logistical a question costume. I
3: had. I was like, what's up with the onion and the property? <laughs> that <laughs> is
2: great. I didn't even I think know. about.
3: It. See, he this was is about
0: why... to have a bachelor pad. Going to throw a rager <laughs> then they show. Up. <laughs>
2: Like the like the parents showed up again. Damn. Yes. They yes. turned around. They forgot their gloves. You know, oh like
0: <laughs> the foam machine was getting started. I yes. <laughs> glow sticks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so many glow sticks right now. Um. You know. Also, Ian would
0: have seriously. You saw those mohawk ninja moves. Oh my god. Ian would be so good with dancing with glow sticks. He would be the best. Digga digga did it. Digga did it. He
2: he doesn't even need ecstasy. He just does it. He just does it. He goes out there and he just
0: That's what he was thinking about when he was sitting on that rock. He wasn't thinking about, I wish I could travel through the stones. He was planning out his party. He's
3: (laughs) going to take some of Claire's herbs and he's just going to rock out. He's going to make
2: bad decisions. He's going to put the keg over in the corner. He's going to put the wet bar over the other corner. All in. The DJ goes in the tree. Yeah, awesome. Um, you know, one of the other things that happens too in this season, uh, it, especially uh, with Bree, is that you know she has to do all the goodbyes and the emotional goodbye with Lizzie. And I feel like uh, after they had said goodbye to everybody and through all the things that Bree has gone through through this whole season, she finally got some agency. She she finally got some. She finally made decisions for herself, especially as it relates to the Stephen Bonnet stuff and and how she handled that does she actually have agency at the end of the, at the end of the season?
3: Yeah, I think two things. One, I think Sophie Skelton has really grown into this role a lot. You know, we've talked in the past about Brianna kind of being a weak spot in some of the storytelling and not quite feeling like, because uh, Katrina and Sam are just so amazing and that maybe she wasn't quite up to par, but I take that back for this season. I think she was really great. Um, I think that Brianna also just really was coming from a place of strength this entire season. I mean, we saw her just at her absolute worst point and and lowest everything and having to go through all this in season four. And then this season, I mean, she's dynamic. She's really interesting. She's absolutely like most improved in in all ways. But with the Stephen Bonnet situation, I mean, we got to see how clever she was and trying to outfox him in the end and and how strong and brave she was. And then at the end, like the very end with the shot that she takes, I mean, that was her saying, I'm going to end this my way. Mm -hmm. And Roger wanted to know what it means. And she's like, you know, basically it means what it means, you know, by not saying anything. It's, it's, it's for me, not for you. And I loved it. I think she just had a really, really good arc this season, her bonding with Jamie. um, Him. One of the, one of my favorite seasons, these like little, um, Funny moments where Jamie wants Bree to come with him hunting instead of Roger. Right? He's yeah. like, Ugh. <laughs> she's like, no, honey, you go. And Jamie's like, oh. I love that. I just love that they, you know, they've gotten to that point that she, she's not, you know, using her degree at the moment, but she turns out to be a great sharpshooter. So mm-hmm. you never know. Um, she's certainly adapting to frontier life.
0: You know, as I've rewatched, it's also been an interesting thing to see because I always found Brie in the beginning parts where we get to meet her as being immature. You know, here's a child who uh, grew up as an only child with parents who didn't really have the most loving relationship. Her mother was, of course, uh, gone a lot with her career and she didn't have that close relationship with her mom. And then her dad dies and then she finds that her mom's been lying to her. So on rewatching, it's been really interesting to watch her as you know this this really young woman, almost you know adult girl, going through these emotions, and then exactly what she went through in season four, and she's become a mother. Uh, you know, and and meeting her real life parents, she not only matured as an actor, Sophie Skelton, but Brianna as an individual has matured so much mm-hmm. <laughs> over the past two seasons that when I rewatched to, it, that's to what to I deal tell with myself, Roger. right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: I mean, to be fair, like Roger definitely seemed more mature in the 1960s storyline. But as soon as they went back, you know, she was he couldn't do anything. She was she she was the grown up. From
0: That's, then on out, he he does not have the skill set.
2: Allison, coming off the top rope with that one, that was great. Good job, oh, God
0: bless him. <laughs> um, love that man. You know, we
2: we talked about Stephen Bonnet a little bit, and I, I actually want to know what your thoughts about Stephen Bonnet. Did they create a successful character? Number one and number two. Do you think Outlander needs this kind of big bad? You know, it's not like it's not like a boss level, but do you think they need the kind of big bad in the vein of Blackjack Randall and Stephen Bonnet to make the momentum of the season go forward?
3: Yes and no. Um, it's nice to have an overarching antagonist for them to sort of scheme against, but in both Blackjack and Stephen Bonnet's case, obviously, it's also tied to sexual assault, which the show continues to go back to again and again and again. And I wish it wouldn't you know i think that it's it's made its point many 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 times with that and i feel like with Stephen bonnet i was starting to feel a little bit like i did in the late days of blackjack where we were just seeing him too much we were getting too much of his story and um the actor whose name has escaped me he was also in downton abbey ed Spaliers. Um, ed Spalliers. Yes. He's great. I mean, he's absolutely excellent. Stephen Bonnet. He's, he's scary, but he's also charming. And I mean, he's handsome. And that's one of the things that's like, you know, he's a monster, but he doesn't necessarily look like a monster. And I think that's something the show played with really well, but I, his final episode was fine. Um, I think we got to see that, that whole other side of him and, um, sort of what motivates him, but yeah, it it was time for him to go. And I was glad that he went when he did. Did you believe him
2: that either he was telling the truth or was it just like a sociopathic thing?
0: Oh, Yes. About like having a family together and being with Brie.
2: Did that emotional math add up for
3: you? I think that a lot of it was a lie, but I, I think there was a kernel of truth there. I think that there was actually as broken and disturbed and everything as he was. I think that there was something genuine in there that he wanted and aspired to. Um, but he got a fitting end. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we, we've talked a lot about
2: this season and one of the things that we haven't yet got to was the finale and all the things that happened there. Uh, you know, you wrote at, at, at paste magazine, as you're the TV editor, as, as we've already said that the finale was both great and very frustrating. Um, I'd love to know why, number one. And then number two, how many kilts are you just giving the finale itself?
3: Well, so here's the thing about the finale. I think there are a lot of things that it did really, really well. And if you take what happened to Claire in the context of that episode and that season, it made sense narratively to go there. But as I talked about with our recapper, you know, this is now a family who have – all survived sexual assault that's a lot like mother father daughter and claire now twice i mean i i know that not everyone reads the scene um with Louie in season two as a rape but i personally do um, and so that to me is like okay now this is the second time that claire you know has been assaulted and to me it's just like it felt very jarring for the rest of the season. Again, like when you look at what happened in the context of the episode and, you know, the guys coming in and, and killing all of these men that we know are bad and we know are terrible. It made sense to go there, but I'm just very, again, tired (laughs) of Outlander choosing that as really like their only mode of moving the plot forward and trying to like, I, I don't even know anymore really what they're, they're trying to achieve. I have read the, the, after the episode conversations with Diana and with Matt and with, you know, various other people. But I, it, to me, it still isn't really justified. The rest of the episode though, I thought was really well done. Um, it sets up next season really, really well. Um, it, it felt like a finale. Those final moments were really powerful. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of Claire being tortured and assaulted, but so given all of that, I would give the episode three kilts. Um, it would be higher if not for the way that it all played out, which I understand is even more brutal than in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that to me, I think is still a little controversial.
0: What did you think all about uh, her dream escape world that she had and all the little references oh. that were thrown in there?
3: I loved that. I'm so glad you reminded me. That to me was like fan inside of the show and i loved it i love i, I wanted more of it i yes. want like a cut where we just see that <laughs> because yeah. i want to study everyone's outfits and what they're doing um i love seeing everybody in that context because you yeah. know i mean jamie and mertel mm-hmm. like all of our favorite scots are there yeah. in 1960s boston and like it's just so so great and even though everything else that was happening was absolutely horrific um, and I, and by the way, that song, never my love has been like on repeat in my head ever yes. since. <laughs> and I, it, I did not tire of it. It was great. Um, yeah, I, again, that was a really wild swing that they took, but it paid off. I think it was really great.
2: Did you notice all the little Easter eggs and the whole dreamscape, uh, or the dis- dis- disassociation, uh, scape that Claire had all like the, the vase and all that other stuff?
3: Oh my! Probably not. I need like a whole list.
0: We need to send you I a was... blog article that one of our bloggers wrote. <laughs> yes. She was able to pull out like forty—no joke, forty things—and and we've had other people write in even more. Oh yeah, um, that are items or tributes to every season, like season fun one, one through through five. So yeah, it, when you rewatch it, it's really exciting to be like, "There's that. There's that." Do you think,
2: do you think that's the biggest risk creative risk they've taken either one this season or in general, or is there something else do you think that has been a bigger creative risk this
3: season or throughout all the seasons? I think, well, all the seasons, um, man, I don't, well, to me, some of those standalone episodes are big risks, but they pay off. Like when Claire is, um, stranded on the Island, Mm -hmm. I know that that was very divisive. I loved it, Mm -hmm. but I know that not everybody did. Um, and again, the uh, free will that horror episode. I was not <laughs> expecting that yeah. episode to be so <laughs> scary. I was genuinely freaked out by it. Um, it was. I, I but I loved that they did that. I love that they went there. Um, and yeah, and again, like the the silent film footage for Roger. It threw me at first, and I was like, "Do I like this?" But that betrayed something really uh, about his emotions and his feelings about what happened in a way that was perfect because he was silent. You know, I mean, it, it just, I don't know. It, it just really played off those themes really well. And, and I appreciate it when they do things like that, because I think at this point, um, you know, Blake, to your point about, does the show need a big bad? I would like to see, more episodes that, that take on some of those standalone or episodic formats, where maybe we just meet characters for an episode. And that I mean, it doesn't have to be like little house on the Ridge, but like, would I be mad if it was little house on the Ridge? No, <laughs> I think that would actually be great. Um, so yeah, I, whenever they sort of play with their format in any way, um, I, I think that those are risks worth taking. They, they, they paid off this season really well.
0: Another big change to the season was Sam Hewen and Katrina Balfe uh, were producers as of this season. Did you think that that made any difference in the quality at all or in the outcome?
3: I don't think that it really has any effect on the machine of the show at this point. I mean, I think that they have been integral to these parts and to the storytelling from the beginning. Um, it probably gives them a little more control. It probably gives them a little more money, which they absolutely have earned. So mm-hmm. good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the the show's direction or anything, I I think that they have have they have been those characters, and I think the writers have kept them as part of that process the whole time. So yeah. One thing
2: I will say, uh, it's been widely talked about was uh, Jamie and the red coat, and that was actually Sam's yeah. I- I- idea. And I thought, yes, yeah, exactly. I thought I th- I that was. I don't know because he's been made a producer if he has that kind of control where he could say, no, I, c- I think I want to do this. This sounds like a good idea or not. Um, but I just think that's one of the lasting images from this mm-hmm. whole season. Um, I-, I can't think of much more that would be more lasting than that. And that came from Sam Hewen, which. I think is really cool like I, I for him to have that kind of input and then for them to listen to him in that in that yeah. vein uh, I mean if you could think of a more lasting image in season five maybe the fight like lighting the fiery cross or putting the kilt on I'm not sure if you could think of one you could let me know <laughs>
3: <laughs> well honestly uh, I remember at the uh, television critics uh, association press tour so that happens twice a year in LA Uh, The networks come and and bring all their talent and the the critics, you know, sit there and they're like, please watch our shows. Mm -hmm. And there was a panel that was, I guess this was over a year ago. Um, Diana Gabaldon was there actually for the PBS miniseries, The Great Read. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she was just on a panel of authors and they were talking about um, the upcoming season of Outlander, of course, which is now what we've seen in season five. And one of the things she mentioned was the red coat and something that's not in the book oh, cool. but something that was suggested and that was like i mean even for her that was something that was like wow this is really like a moment mm-hmm. you know um and it's something that like i heard at the time and i was like yeah i bet that's going to be interesting but you don't really get the weight of it until you see him right. do it and he just nailed that and the emotions of it um like only a scotsman can i think <laughs> um but that's the thing you know I, I, they're obviously plenty of examples of shows where where actors want to get involved in the storytelling and that's not necessarily a good idea they want to be involved in creative decisions that um maybe don't serve the show overall but i really think that in the case of of sam and katrina like they again they are these characters i think they have just so much ownership over them and i would trust anything that they want (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for these characters at this
2: point. I, Cause I, I always get nightmares of like 24 when Kiefer Sutherland started taking more of a, of a, oh. of a, like a creative <laughs> role in the when... show. And I was like, Oh God. And like, I think that all started yeah. in like season six and you know, and that's when it got like really ugly. And I was just, when I heard that Sam and Katrina were going to be producers, I was like, Oh God, don't be Kiefer Sutherland. Please don't be Kiefer Sutherland.
3: <laughs> you know, they wouldn't be though. They're they're so great. They right. really
2: are. Um, so, we've come to this here. Uh, season five has ended. We have one more season left. At least that's what has been contracted uh, con- through stars. Contracted through stars and Sony Pictures, uh, yeah. Sony Television. That's what's coming. So, but stars itself has also had a lot of different changes. I mean, we've we've got a boy Jeffrey Hirsch, who we love to make Not fun our boy. of. Yeah, we love to make fun of him on at every <laughs> turn we get. Um, but
0: someone else took over. But now
2: someone else has taken over as... Uh, I, I, the, a female. A female. Her name escapes me, but she's in charge of... Um, I feel like
0: it's a 90s name, like Jennifer or something.
3: <laughs> Just a diss to all Jennifers. Yeah. Like, no, like, no, 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 name. no. Or like Brooke.
0: <laughs> or like Melissa. You know what I mean? Like a name that like our our gen generally grew up with. Sure. You know? I knew um, they'd be like Jennifer H and Jennifer D and...
2: So uh, it, her name escapes me and, and if I'm going to look it up. Mysterious lady if you're listening I, I apologize. Oh my gosh, She's probably going to um, But mortified. she is now she's now in charge of you know the te- the television development or whatever for stars. There's been a lot of turnover for stars. Is is my ultimate point. Yeah. What what do you think that means for for Outlander and you know, and after season 6, we only got that as guaranteed. That's it. That's the end. What do you Christina. think? Christina. Christina. Yeah, yes. you are right.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yep.
2: Yeah. You're right.
0: How many Christina's right. do we all know right now? A million.
3: <laughs> Quite a few. Christina Davis. Um, yeah. Stars um, has been through a lot of changes, especially uh, since that Lionsgate takeover. Um, I think one thing, though, to to hopefully soothe fans, and I hope I'm not wrong about this, but uh, Outlander is still huge for Stars. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still their marquee show, especially now that Power is off. I mean, it was basically just Power and Outlander. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... And, another reason why you know that it's one of their marquee shows is because they build so much of their schedule around it. Um, They green light shows like the white princess and Spanish princess to build off the outlander audience. Um, uh, Female fronted shows like Vita, which are also great. Uh, All of that is coming off of outlander. So Mm it's still a really important show for stars. My gut instinct is that they will continue to make it as long as the people involved want to make it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is another question. I mean, they may want to move on to other things, but I think as far as stars is concerned, um, outlander is absolutely safe. I mean, and, and on the other hand, I mean, six season is a long time for any show. And regardless of if that's the last season or not, I think that one thing, that feels like a guarantee is that stars is going to let the show end on its own terms. So whether or not they want to end with this season, if they want to break it up into two mini seasons or two full seasons or whatever they want to do, I think that we're going to get the complete story that these showrunners want to tell. So that hopefully (laughs) makes people feel a little better, but it's not, it's not going to be a situation where it's just unceremoniously canceled and it's, you know, I, I, I really can't imagine that happening. It's just been too important for them. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. that all being said, you know, we're, we're now hoping for, for season six to have movement going, but we're of course in the middle of COVID-19. So how do you think that that is affecting yeah. obviously things going forward with season season six?
3: Delays, delays, delays. I, I, At this point, I mean, I do know that a lot of shows are doing their story breaking in their writer's room virtually at this point. But obviously, it's only going to take you so far. And even once production starts, we don't know what those the new protocols are going to mean. It could take a lot longer to make the show than it normally does. And of course, they're filming in Scotland. So a lot of this is also dependent on how Scotland is handling things with coronavirus and sort of what their rules are going to be about it or, or what their, um, you know, rates of infection are, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just like everything right now, it is totally unknown except (laughs) that we're going to have to wait. Um, I, I don't know that we'll see it next year. Um, certainly not this soon as far as like a a 12 months from now. Um, I hope that we see it in 2021 at all. But it's getting to be a really crazy time. I mean, if you look at the TV schedule, May and June, um, May was okay. June starts to thin out. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: July and August get really thin. It's sort of like TV back in like the 90s where they actually took a break in the summer. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) Except this isn't planned. Yeah. So, and there's not, and it's interesting because a lot of networks are being very cagey about the shows they do have left that they might push to fall um, because they may not have anything else to air. Yeah. But yeah, production-wise, I'm I'm really grateful that Outlander was obviously able to finish this season and not have to leave off at a point where they weren't planning to. Um, so we did at least get a finale. But yeah, season six may be a long time from now.
0: What do you think is going to happen with TV in general come September? Like, what is going to be able to be on air? Have you heard any rumblings?
3: I think cards are being kept very close to the vest right now by a lot of networks. Um, there, there is some sense of what has been completed and what hasn't. I think for instance, um, Netflix is good for like the rest of the year as far as what they've (laughs) filmed. They'll probably still have 30 shows out this year. Um, but yeah, it's going to slow down dramatically and, and I don't know if there, um, are going to be more virtual episodes or different ways of filming. Um, We do know that I think production is starting to open up in some countries slowly, so by fall we might see some shows returning. But um, yeah, it's a really, it's a strange.
0: Our cat's (laughs) running around. So I just I
2: I mistakenly (laughs) threw our cat. Oh my god, that that did not mean to happen. (laughs)
3: <laughs> that that whole scene that was literally fall TV right there <laughs> you throwing your cat that is fall TV it's just like I don't know what's happening we're just throwing stuff just and seeing what happens throw
2: it out there and if the cat lives she lives If she, di- it reminds oh me of Rocky God. if he, if she dies she dies you know <laughs> um, you know I hope I just I do hope you think that- they're gonna
0: be doing like lots of repeat stuff like oh this is this is really big like could ABC be like remember how Lost was really big how about we just reshow Lost?
3: Yeah, why not? Right? If if they have the rights to it, I mean, obviously they they've sold the rights to almost all the those yeah. kind of shows to streaming. But at the same time, you say this, um, some of the networks are buying shows off of smaller networks and showing them. So Fox, I think, is going to show LA's Finest, which aired on the Spe- Spectrum mm-hmm. uh, channel this fall. Uh, CW bought Swamp Thing to air from DC Universe. So. I don't know. It's sort of an interesting like some of these more niche channels or services might actually get their shows on major networks. Could stars,
0: we'll if this continues, could could Outlander end up on a major TV network? I don't know how this all works. Like a, like a,
2: like a bigger, like HBO or... I don't, no, know.
0: like like an NBC.
2: Oh, no, there's no way.
0: Outlander? Can you imagine them censoring it? It, it would be like when they showed
3: Sex and the City on E! For yeah. A while, <laughs> do you remember that? Or TBS? The episodes were like 12 minutes
0: long. Yeah, right. Because they had to cut everything.
2: You out. would just have to skip entire episodes. The
0: finale would just be the dreamscape. Yeah, right. And people would be like, oh my God, they all made it back to the future? <laughs> I would be fine with that. <laughs> right? I'd be fine with that reality.
2: I just, I just hope that they don't break my heart you know like like Succession did and say oh we're postponing oh no like oh Succession is my favorite show on television right now and I just I want Outlander to just keep going and and, and not have any more delays I just that's what I want most but actually you know Allison I do have a question for you you know this is kind of opt- you do have a
0: question for her yeah I what do. have we been doing this whole bloody time oh
2: yeah <laughs> Sorry, it is just, a cr- just
0: in the breeze.
2: It's it's a crunch. Here come the questions.
0: This yeah. is when the questions. Here we start. go. Hard Thanks, hitting. Thanks,
2: Mary. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> you know it, this is a little bit off topic, but I would love to get your opinion on it, which is the Snyder cut uh, for Justice League. Oh my
0: God! You just hold went. on.
2: Wait, wait. Just just bear with me. <laughs> would does, does the TV landscape the Interview's are we, over? Yeah, yeah. Oh, are, <laughs> are we, are we going to see more things like that from everyone studios? Everyone may not
0: know what the Snyder Cut is. Oh, Here, 30-second he, recap. Go.
2: Okay, the Snyder Cut is a version of Justice League, which was created the by The Batman, Batman, Superman, Wonder, Wonder Superman, Woman Wonder, yes, video. The team-up. The, the DC equivalent to the Avengers, which is Marvel. Zack Snyder made a cut, and they didn't like the cut, and they and for multiple reasons he wasn't involved with the production. So they You're put right in low. They put Joss Whedon on it, and they gave like a Frankenstein's monsters version of the Justice League. HBO and Warner Brothers has now come out and said we're going to put Zack Snyder's cut into the universe. We're going to put it on HBO Max. There is your there's your recap. So. Will we start seeing more stuff like this from studios who don't have any shows to give us? Maybe they're going to go back and say, well, we have this other thing. Maybe we can just rework it and give it to you as a brand new product. So my question well, is, will that happen?
3: I think with this, correct me if I'm wrong. I think with the Snyder Cut, they're spending an additional 20 to $30 million to add to it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, oh, I have this laying around and we're just going to put it on streaming but they want to add they, there's like talk about wanting to make it into a mini series i'm like don't put that on me leave that in the movie realm. don't <laughs> don't bring that to television um but also HBO max is insane and they're doing, they're spending so much money. They had the friends reunion, which what they were going to pay them like $30 million each, something stupid what? to just like sit on a It wasn't that much, but it was something yeah. stupid. It was like a million dollars to sit on a stage for 30 minutes and, and talk about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're just, they're just, they have silly money right now. They just want people to to yeah. sign up for it. um, so I don't know. I, I mean, it's possible that um, they might try to rework things they already had. But, you know, to Mary's point earlier about uh, bringing back old shows that were popular, the licensing for that is pretty much all. Those ships have sailed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've given it to Netflix and Hulu and Amazon at this point. So, um, yeah, I I kind of hope not. I mean, and honestly, there's already so much out there that's so good. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm almost fine taking a little mini break and exploring some of those other shows <laughs> while we have this time. Because <laughs> it's insane. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, having said that, it, all prognostications are a fool's errand at this point. Because every single day, every single week right now is like, I can't predict anything that's happening. It's yeah. all a surprise. Good and bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You could be right. They could remake all of the, the Avengers movies in like claymation yes, and have sir. that as a thing. I don't know. It's possible. Uh,
2: you know, the, all, what, what we all do know is that there is a lot of quality television out there. I mean, like it, the uh, you said it earlier, the, the amount of television is almost insurmountable. You As a person, you, yeah. you, you you just have to make choices and say, OK, I'm watching this and, and just forego all the rest of the stuff, uh, which is all generally – Really good stuff.
0: I mean, some of the stuff isn't good, especially in the summertime. Remember that whole, like, sing-along thing Nick Lachey did with random, like, choruses? Not a great show. (laughs) So... I agree. We can get rid of the fluff. But now that we have the time, we can invest in other television programs that we weren't able to watch. I'm sorry if I offended anybody who loved Nick Nick Lachey's
2: chorus show. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All all 10 of them. (laughs) Um,
3: Everything has fans. (laughs) Yes, that's right. I'm
2: I'm never going to yuck somebody's yum. It ain't going to happen. So it it is what it is. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is Outlander is really good. But I, I feel like the national perspective on it is it's just like there's the A tier and then there's the B tier. Is
0: it because it's on stars? I don't know.
2: Uh, maybe. Um, why do you
0: think, Allison? Why are more people not watching it or talking about it? I mean, obviously in our circles, we are. Yeah. But why isn't it at that like top prestigious level of, of chatter, of show watching, especially because now people can binge it on Netflix? Right. Yeah. Um,
3: sexism, probably, honestly, number one, it gets written off as a romance show. And as we know, it is so much more that is an important, you know, component of it. But also, I mean, as far as awards go and things like that, they tend to not go to fantasy or genre series. Um, and, you know, Game of Thrones was one of the rare exceptions to that. And it didn't deserve it. for mm-hmm. a lot It took of it long to enough. Run, but. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard for other shows to break into that. Um, I mean, the fact that Katrina hasn't won an Emmy just shows you how, kind of how useless the Emmys are. Yeah. Um, you know, The Wire never got an Emmy. It's one of the greatest shows ever made. So, yeah. you know, don't let that be a barometer for Outlander's place in the TV canon. But I do think that it gets written off because it's just like, oh, this is some like steamy historical romance thing and there's so much more to it. And, but I think it being on stars is is another component. It's a, it's a niche premium service. Um, and the fact that it is on Netflix now, I think a lot more people are coming to it and watching it, which is great because hopefully then they subscribe to stars, which is like super (laughs) cheap and you can just get it for a couple months and watch outlander. Yes. Um, (laughs) so that's the hope. But, um, yeah, I, I, the thing is like, it is the whole prestige TV thing to me is just, it's so irritating because there are so many great shows that are not what one would consider like serious television and therefore like whatever. But I think Outlander absolutely belongs in the conversation with so many of these other shows. And and I don't know why it's not there. Um, And I think that it has its flaws as do most shows. But I think one thing that can never be, Um, questioned is the chemistry and the power of its leads and what great actors they are and how much emotion they bring out of this fandom because of, you know, the work that they do. And that just, that just hasn't been recognized enough. So, yeah, I, I would like to see it, you know, in more of those conversations, but unfortunately, you know, here it's on are. all
0: of us. It's on all of us. Like now while it is on Netflix, I feel like, you know, if people just say, you know, here's a suggestion if you wanted to hey, do check something, check yeah. it out exactly. And I love how you said they can get a Star subscription for a couple of months. We have heard some people who've like plowed through seasons in in, in a week. Days, <laughs>
2: yeah. Like
3: here is like
0: let me like to plug Stars. Yeah. They have really decent
3: programming, yes. and they have a lot of movies on there. And again, like I think that they're they're kind of never in the conversation either, right? They have great documentary features they've done, um, and like Counterparts, one of my favorite series. Vita is great. I love the Spanish Princess, White Princess, that entire um, catalog. And so, yeah, I I think that there's a lot there that people are missing out on. So. Give it, give it a shot. Give it a it. shot.
2: This is one of the reasons why we love to make fun of Jeffrey Hirsch, the CEO of Stars, because he always says, oh, I never would have put uh, Outlander on Netflix. And it's like, dude, you know how many millions of people have now been brought to, to Outlander because it was on Netflix?
1: <laughs> Are you
2: like, I just feel like that's self-evident. You would put it on like that literally saved Breaking Bad, the, its inclusions on Netflix. And you wouldn't do that it doesn't make sense to me I I don't know if it makes sense to you Allison maybe I'm not smart I don't know
3: no, it, it, I mean, you look at show, especially shows like the the CW superhero series. I mean, it even shows like Riverdale, all these things on CW that people wait until summer and then binge them on Netflix. But yeah. then you're hooked and you watch them live the next season. Yeah. You know, um, I was a person who didn't watch Breaking Bad at the beginning. I binged the first two seasons and then had to watch the rest of it live. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't be left behind. So I think Netflix is a great gateway drug of television for people who might not otherwise (laughs) find some of these shows you know sort of a one-stop shop and yeah they're going to be people that are just going to wait until it comes on netflix but if you get really invested in something i think that you find it worthwhile to start Agreed. watching it week to week. Agreed.
2: So now we have uh, my favorite segment of this episode that we normally do at every, every interview. Yeah. And and, uh, and Allison, once again, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thanks for having. Me. Oh yeah, no problem. So here we are with the ten questions with Allison. You, these can be as lightning roundy as you would like. You can go in depth as as you like. It is entirely up to you. So Mary. Why don't you start it off?
0: Of season five, what, in your opinion, was the best episode?
3: It's hard because this the season was very consistent, but honestly, free will stood out to me as just something totally different and crazy. And I'm like still talking about it. So yeah, that's my vote.
0: You know, what's so funny is I don't love that episode just because I feel so awkward. And granted I'm with Jamie and Claire, but they're like not hanging out the whole time. And, um, but it was so different and they took such amazing chances. And I, yeah. I think that that's one of your, your favorites for that. Yeah, reason. it
2: was, it was, it was, outlanders version of x files and like i'm cool with that yeah i, I think that was a, a really cool experiment <laughs> i
0: like the little moments on the ridge like how you said you could have you know little house on the ridge i would yeah. i would just be there making candles all day dyeing fabric give me all those dying moments. fabric
3: i loved it. i love how brie was like oh i was looking forward to dyeing fabric today like i believed it it just looked really fun i don't know so it's probably terrible. better
0: than dyeing it with pee. Yeah, (laughs) Circus season one.
2: I know. I was going to say glow sticks and indigo. That's all you need. Just glow sticks and indigo. Um, All right. Worst episode.
3: So I had to kind of do uh, think about a little digging on this because again, there wasn't one that was just terrible. Um, But I think perpetual adoration was just fine. The Claire flashbacks to um, her and this Scotsman that she gave penicillin to once like, Okay, And then also like those scenes when she's with Brianna, like I know they try to give Katrina about like a gray streak, but they look the same age. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That episode was, it was okay, but no, it wasn't great.
0: (laughs) That is one thing. They have not gone all in with the aging of, of Jamie and Claire. No. Okay. Jamie's 50th birthday, that scene,
3: that, Cracked me up because he's just there, like glistening with like all of his like you know. He's gonna be like, "Happy fiftieth birthday, Jamie!" And I'm like, oh, "Right,
0: okay, <laughs> sure, <laughs> whatever, whatever." His pecs were like your
2: pecs were the size of my thigh, bro. Calm down. <laughs> Do you even lift? <laughs> oh,
0: love. Uh, what was your favorite moment? What was the best moment for you for season five?
3: I think it's, it's the one we talked about earlier in journey cake at the end with all of the goodbyes. It was just, it was so emotional and I, it made me realize how truly invested I am with all of the characters mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I didn't know if we would see Brianna and Roger again and, um, losing that family unit on the Ridge was really sad. Um, and, but then also, you know, like what you brought up too with Jamie and the red coat. I mean, again, it's just like excruciating emotional moment um, with something so simple and small, but it was just played to such great effect.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see uh, favorite character for this season.
3: Favorite. Ca- okay. I'm going to, I'm going to cheat on this a Ooh, little bit. Yes. Instead of favorite character, I'm going to say character. I'm the most excited to have back. Ooh, okay. and, that's, <laughs> and that's young Ian. I think that he had a really good storyline this season. Yes. Um, he's so fun. Even he was, I mean, not at first, he was very depressed and upset at first, but, um, he just adds such an interesting element to the story. And yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying what they're doing with him.
0: And now he knows, he knows about time travel. Right. How exciting. Mm -hmm. Time traveling, auntie, auntie. (laughs) And on that note, who was your least favorite character of this season? (sighs) um,
3: Actually, I for favorite character too. I should have said Marcelle really had a great oh, season yes. too. But on the flip side of that, for not least favorite, but maybe one character they didn't do enough with would be Fergus. Seriously, um, it's like they forgot he was on the show and he really kind of had nothing to do. So I, think I he would was raising the see, kids because
0: she could yeah, pop out I, babies. That's what he was doing the whole time.
3: <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, he was busy, but he did not have really his own storyline. And so I think that, you know, next season, I would love to see Fergus and Marsali team up and do something. Cause we're seeing those couples work together, which is so much fun. You've got Brian Roger and Jamie and Claire, and it would be great to see Fergus and Marsali and they're. 12 children um, <laughs> do something together. So
0: yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. The only moment I felt like we got to see the Fergus Marshallie dynamic was when Ian came home and they were oh, having the dinner? family dinner oh, yeah. and Ian sat in between Fergus and Marshall and you could tell that they were just like chomping at the bit. Tell me everything. Where have you been? <laughs> I want to know everything dish and you could see them playing off each other. But I agree. They as actors, but also as characters would just, I want more time with them as well.
2: <laughs> uh, we talked about uh, your best moment. Uh, I would like to know your if you have one, the most
3: eye roll inducing moment Ooh, uh, yeah. for season five. This is a really tough one because I know that I had them, but then I feel like I forgot them because I tend to only remember. <laughs> <what> I, <loved. laughs> um, I was kind of like, oh, uh. um, but maybe just going back to that perpetual adoration episode with Claire and the Scotsman, like he was fine. But that whole storyline to me, was like, if it's so important to you, why are we only hearing about this now? Right. (laughs) And like, it just, it just felt like a weird diversion. Like, again, I'm fine with these little stories and, and checking in here and there, but the fact that it was a flashback and it was kind of not leading anywhere except for her to be like, very careful about penicillin. Like, Mm. yeah, we understand that Claire, like you're already trying to change the course of history by introducing penicillin at this time. So like (laughs) fine, but yeah, that was a little like, "Eh, okay, yeah, we got it.
0: Of all of the people and bits that go into making outlander possible. What do you think is the, the biggest asset that the show has?
3: It is, was, and always will be Jamie and Claire and their chemistry. I mean, those leads are, Just what luck they had finding Sam and Katrina yes, and that fiery chemistry. And the thing is like what has frustrated me in seasons past is that they aren't together enough, right? Like they're always being separated. They're always having to – one has to rescue the other. One is in peril. One's taken away. One's kidnapped. One's in a different time. This season, they were together for most of the season, and I love their partnership and their Mm -hmm. teamwork and just them being together. And yeah, I mean, I could watch them really do anything. Agreed. They're just so (laughs) great. Agreed. Uh, So
2: in that vein, what do you think is the most improved performance uh, for this season?
3: Sophie Skelton, for sure. Um, She has grown into this role. She owns it now. She... Displayed had Brianna display so much strength and so much character this season. Um, again, like we talked about earlier, it's it's maybe been a weak point of the show in the past, but she was absolutely an asset this year.
0: Completely agree. Um, and what makes Outlander in its current form stand out from any other show?
3: I think it goes back to that coziness and that hominess. There's something about the aesthetic or um, or the vibe. Thereby says like the vibe that it has. Um, There's something about it that just is not like any other show that I watch. And as y'all know, I watch a lot of shows, (laughs) a lot of television and it's so rare. It's not just uh, the characters and the family and the feeling of all of that, but it's, the care they take in the production, right? It's the crackling fires and the fabrics and the rolling thunder in the background. It's just, it's everything, the chopping of wood, like the sounds of the effects and um, really feeling like you're inhabiting that world. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, I look forward to it every week because it's like, I want to go back to this world that they've created and they've done so with such care that, um, yeah, it's, it's just really just beautiful. Again, I would just sit and watch them do regular domestic tasks forever because yes. it's just, I love it.
0: You're right. They, they <laughs> envelop you in that world so beautifully. I frequently talk about what I think certain seeds would smell like, like that's the only sense that I feel like I mean, and touch, <laughs> but, but really I'm so engulfed as you said in the set design, John Gary Steele of course is leaving. Um, but <laughs> he's, he's left a lot of good bits behind. Um, but between all of those, costumes and just the richness of it. I I completely agree.
2: Last question from me. and I think think this will bring an end to 10 questions with Allison is this. You said you watched a lot of television. We know that. But where does Outlander rank for you among all of the television that you're currently watching? Is it in like the top 20? Is it in the top 10? Is it lower or, or even higher?
3: Honestly, right now, 2020 shows it's top five for me wow truly um it it always ranks on my list of the best of the year but you know this again this season like i just thought it was really great and i really look forward to it and i think that it's really been a standout yeah so actually we're putting together our list of the best shows so far outlander will definitely be on there Woo! for 2020 um but yeah. Now, granted, I'm not the only one that votes in this, so mm-hmm. it may not be. <laughs>
0: but in my heart, in my heart, it's representing. Is. Oh, I love it! I love it. All
2: right. all right, well, Allison, where can people find you? Let's let's do some plugging here. Where can people find you? Where can they read you? Where can they see you? How can they get in contact with you? Throw tomatoes at you, give you all the praise. <laughs> How do they find don't you? throw
3: me? Don't throw any tomatoes at me. <laughs> only love. Only yes. love. Yes. Um, you can find me at uh, pastemagazine.com. I am the editor of the TV section, but I vouch for everything we're posting on the site. Uh, we love what we do, all of our sections, and we love talking about it. So, TV, music, uh, games, movies, everything, we're there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KeenTV, my last name K E E N E TV.
2: Excellent. Well, Allison,
0: thank you so much thank for joining you. us today. Yes, yes, as always. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Yeah. We love geeking out with fellow television lovers, and that's really what you are. And you just bring so much more insight into the industry, and um, you know, such a great scope since you since you do watch so much television. So it's just been a delight to <laughs> relive so many moments of season five with you and through your eyes. You guys as well. Thank you so much. Alison Keen, everybody.
2: Whoop whoop. All right. She
0: wraps my socks. She you know, does. And you know what I love is that I I don't agree with all of her points yep. personally. Yep. And you know she she likes some things and she feels differently about other things. And this is one of the the best parts about having a podcast or a blog or an online community. Is that all of us can love this show for different reasons? We can be fired up about different bits, and just hearing a different perspective—it's um, it's refreshing. I know for probably a lot of people, <laughs> it's frustrating at moments whether <laughs> you're listening to Blake or myself or somebody else say something that they that they didn't like that you loved or vice versa. Um, but not only does she bring a different you know viewpoint that we get to listen to, but she's in this industry. Mm-hmm. This is what she does, and for her to say. Like Once again, she watches TV for a job. Yeah. <laughs> for her to say this isn't our top five. That's a big deal. That is so great because obviously we love this. We love the Frasers. You know, they're, right. they're our family now. We look forward to it. We're in these online communities. We podcast about it. Like, of course we love it, but this is her job and she watches hundreds of shows and she can still say that like, no, what, what we're all obsessed about, we're all, all, all obsessed and asked about, it's legit absolutely we already knew it but it's kind of cool when you're like oh yeah we yeah we are we are <laughs> in a good train
2: choo-choo yeah no i i i love having her on it, it always gives us that great national perspective because like, like you said mary we're we're all kind of biased here i mean you're, you're listening to this podcast because you fracking love Outlander. i mean you're listening to a podcast about outlander off season like you love it no matter what. We love it no matter what. But to get that national perspective, get that, that, the industry perspective mm-hmm. is, is really important to help, to help give us, per, uh, to help give us perspective. To help. I like
0: that she also gave me faith that we can highly possibly go past season six. Right,
2: right. Because I know you've been on the train where it's been like, yeah, I think we're going to be all right. I think there's there, there's some positivity here. And then I've been on the train where it's like I'm more cynical mm-hmm. about it where I don't see them investing.
0: It really does probably come down to Sam and Kat. Like if they... yeah. I think if they still have the flexibility to create films or shows or other side projects in the off season, if they're still able to flex their muscles and they've been doing some great stuff, if they're still able to do that and cash in on the fame of Outlander because they know Outlander isn't forever, right? It's not forever. So if you just say, you know what? This is like my, this is the role that actors dream they could get sure, where it's, rabid fandom, fantastic crew, mm-hmm. fantastic scenery and music like they in my opinion they'd be idiots. You know who they would be? What? They would be like Matthew Crawley oh, from yeah. Downton Abbey who's like, yep. "Oh, now that I'm big time, I'm going to go. You know what you are? You're the CGI beast and nobody <laughs> even knows it's you." Joke. <laughs>
2: He did a good job on that show, Legion, on FX, though. Didn't watch it. No, you know you didn't, didn't even
0: know he was there.
2: <laughs> Don't even care.
0: You know what? Matthew Crawley <laughs> should have stayed alive.
2: Yeah, should have stayed. Mary alive. deserved that. Better. Was a, that was a bad choice? Bad choice.
0: <sighs> so, Sam and Cat, <sighs> if you're chose listening, poorly. if you're still listening <laughs> to Outlander cast this far into the Alaskan episode, <laughs> stay, stay, stay.
2: <laughs> All right, Marvin, are you ready to close this bad boy
0: out? I sure am.
2: Let's get it done, shall we?
0: Moment to remind you that atlandercast.com, it's happened, my friends. If you didn't have time during the season to catch up on all the blog posts, or if maybe you're doing a rewatch. Suggest you go and see what we got on that website we have bloggers from all over the world covering all different aspects of the show um of course a beautiful tribute to john gary Steele. Mm-hmm. um in case you as well love the sets that he has helped create so head on over there during your times of, of droughtlander I highly recommend it.
2: And while you're there, too, also consider heading over to MarianBlake.com, where we have all of our podcasts that we have going on, whether it is uh, Keep Common Crown On, the Hamilton podcast, Rise Up, uh, the Leftovers podcast, uh, get, get the Game of Thrones po- podcast, uh, the North Remembers. Uh, we have a Handmaid's Tale blog series happening there. I mean, we got so many things. You've been Gilmore, the Gilmore Girls podcast. We got so many things happening there, and we also will have some new projects that will be appearing at MaryandBlake.com. And it may or may not have to do with Harry Potter. I'm just gonna throw that out there.
0: Just throwing
2: it out. I'm just throwing it. See, you know, if you like it, take it. If you want if you don't like it, throw it back. That's don't, fine. Don't you dare throw it
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we want to take a moment to thank all of you who are members at Outlander Cast Clan. Dot com. Now, those people have chosen to be patrons of ours, and what being a patron means is that for as little as $2 a month, you donate towards us being able to run OutlanderCast.com to create content, to create uh, the podcasts, not only about Outlander, but about other great things. So, as Blake said, uh, we're, we're picking back up our Crown podcast. So, if you're a fan of the show The Crown on Netflix, you may want to join OutlanderCastClan.com. We want to thank our most generous patrons, Are Executive? What are we? Associate Producers, <laughs> Angie, Brenda, Candy, Carolyn, Celine, Christine, Dawn, Diana, Diane, Jeffrey, Jennifer, Karen, Lindsay, Marilyn, Mo, Patricia, Rita, Stephanie, and Valerie, as well as our co-producers, Amanda, Ann Lee, Barbara, Dana, Janet, Jennifer, Keelan, Meredith, Raynal, Sharon, Tina, and Whitney, and our Executive Producers, Anne, Bobby, D, Eliza, Jen, Joanne, Katie, Kirsty, Martha, Nadra, Peg, Sarah, and Siobhan.
2: That's how we do. Thank you guys so much for helping keep Outlander Cast going and everything that's happening at Mary and Blake Media going. You guys rock our socks just as much as Allison Keane rocks our socks. If
0: not, maybe no, even more. No, they rock my socks tremendously more. <laughs> tremendously more.
2: <laughs> so everybody, thank you so much for all the reviews that you've been giving us and, and, and just keeping up to date with all the things that we're doing. You know, I love seeing the reviews on Apple Podcasts and any of the podcatchers of your choice, but I really love seeing the reviews too on the Mary and Blake Facebook page recommending our stuff recommending our podcasts and our blogs and just Mary and I in general so please continue if you have not done so yet please if you provide enough value to you and if you enjoy the show go to Apple Podcasts and give us a written review or go to the Mary and Blake Facebook page give us a written review there as well it makes our day
0: on that note my friends keep, keep your eyes peeled we got some more content and more fun stuff coming at you but I hope you're enjoying your rewatches of season five. Maybe you're making some shortbread based upon uh, the recipe that Tammy Lish Spencer wrote for Outlander Cast and we shared for the finale. On that note, however, gotta go. <laughs> My name's Mary.
2: My name's Blake.
0: And you've been listening to Outlander Cast.